0: Listening
1: to the Apollo Podcast Network One. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Launchpad Podcast presented by Clutch City Control Room, your home for all things Houston Hoops. I am one of your hosts, Lashar Binkley. I am the director of basketball Operations for overtime heroics. I am a contributor for Space City Scoop. And of course, I am a uh, podcast host for Clutch City Control Room. You can find me on Twitter at htownforlife for Life 40, all caps.
0: And I'm your second host, Britt, co-host of Step Back Sisterhood and contributor at Clutch City Control Room as well. You can find me on Twitter at Britt Robatista. Be sure to follow the official Clutch City Control Room account at Clutch City CR. And if you're appreciating the podcast, do us a favor and hit the subscribe button on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. We would greatly appreciate it.
1: All right. So on today's episode, um, I will be discussing with Brett the course the Rockets finally uh, breaking their losing streak. Uh, We'll be discussing that in the first segment in a game that wasn't pretty, but you know, a win is a win. Uh, In the second segment, we're going to be discussing um, the Kevin Porter deal that happened uh, yesterday and how that you know can possibly affect the Rockets in the future. Uh, We'll also. We'll be discussing, um, of course, the upcoming game tomorrow as we preview the Rockets versus Mavericks. Um, We'll also go over uh, a little bit, some of the comments made by... um, Shaquille O'Neal last night on uh, inside the NBA on TNT, and just overall, kind of how the older players tend to view the younger players these days, and kind of how they're pushing back. So that will be in our third and final segment. But of course, we're going to start off with today's win for the Rockets over the Detroit Pistons, 103 to 102, in a game where the Rockets started off early, uh, had a big lead for once. They actually played well out the gate. Unfortunately, Pistons kind of chipped away and came back. Um, but in the, at the end, the Rocks were able to hold on. So let me ask you, Britt, um, as you kind of you know look at the box scores and after watching the game, what was kind of your initial impressions of the Rockets win tonight?
0: So I think even with the lost lead, um like you mentioned they had a 20 plus point lead I think it was like 21 point lead uh, the greatest lead of the game and them eventually losing it um, towards the end of the third well midway through the third quarters when they actually lost the lead and the Pistons got their first lead of the game um, I, I guess I was just fine with it Uh, i think the game overall was pretty exciting and um i have a i always reference twitter i I feel like i reference it all the time but i do have a pretty interesting quote that i keep using or at least um every season i use it at least once is that 15 to 20 point leads are not safe in the nba anymore i mean they're essentially 10 point leads at this point um just based on freedom of movement and everything else but with that in mind i'm i'm excited that for once the rockets came away with getting a victory after you know being pretty close to the jaws of defeat i mean literally jeremy grant was a second away from getting the shot at the last minute and i i think all that i could say is that it was just nice to see a win after the extended losing streak that has been going on for the last week or so
1: yeah, true. I mean, at this point with the injuries and the um, Craig Ackerman actually mentioned earlier in the game, the Rockers have had um, 10 different starting lineups in 14 games, which is just crazy. And like no coach can really, um, you know, get his team to a certain point if, you know, you're constantly having to deal with different starting lineups. So that was just a crazy stat that they threw out there. But it at this point, like I said, with all the injuries and people being in and out, the Rockets will take a win against any team. It doesn't matter if that team is Detroit Pistons. You'll take it at this point. Um, just kind of some of the things I saw. Um, the Rockets, which we're going to kind of see all season, the Rockets are just not really going to be a good 3 point shooting team. So uh, they were 14-41 to 9-34%. So that's kind of not too surprising. Um, Boogie is a – and that's another thing I want to ask you about. He's a he's kind of a, a weird case where you look at the right side of his box score and you're like, oh, that's great, you know, 15 rebounds, seven assists, two blocks. But then you move on to the left and he's two for 16 from the game, <laughs> and yeah. you're just kind of like, I don't know exactly what to take from it. Um, But but let me ask you on, you know, Cousins, where do you see his role on this team? Do you see him more of a guy who just should be playing? five or 10 minutes a game and Rockets didn't need to bring in a big man or, or what do you kind of see or what do you kind of think of Boogie overall?
0: So I think that you're right. He shouldn't be playing no more, no more than 15 minutes a game. However, the Rockets haven't, uh, like you indicated, they haven't had their full rotation in a single game this entire season. And with Wood, who would be the, you know, the starter for the team being out, um, unfortunately for an extended period of time, likely, they're going to have to rely on cousins until they bring in another big man. I mean, there are some folks that are available. Uh, some people were even saying white side, which I think is just, uh, yeah. but <laughs> I, I think essentially they're going to have to bring in someone else and perhaps, um, not perhaps, but most likely they'll have to cut someone unless the NBA, uh, adds on to the two way or two, um, way player, uh, amount of our players that can be available via three two-way contract if that happens then they won't necessarily have to cut folks but who knows when that agreement is going to be made um unless I missed something this week but more or less I, I sort of feel as though Cousins is doing the best that he can considering yeah. that he hasn't played for the last two years and he hasn't even had I think other than a couple of games like few that were forced because of COVID and a few others that you know he was taking off because of rest he's been playing pretty consistently i mean wall's even been out for an extended period of time and they've and that's you know because of you know just a lot of it is just them wanting to be safe about his injury so i think all things considered when he has a night where let me go back to the box score um where he has 15 rebounds that's Pretty impressive, even when he's shooting two sixteen, which is pretty awful. So I think once they are able to have, and hopefully, you know, fingers crossed that they can have a full rotation and have Woods back in the rot- rotation, then he his minutes will definitely decrease. But who knows yeah. when that's going to happen? To be honest,
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and yeah, I agree. I mean, at fifteen minutes at the most. Um, but like you said, it's kind of a you know, they have no choice at this point with they have no other big men on the roster and would maybe back Tuesday. Um, but he's definitely going to be out um, tomorrow as well. So you kind of have to depend on cousins. I mean, another player in the starting lineup. Um, Vic, I think Victor Odipo is still trying to get his footing with the Rockets. It's still you can kind of tell he still is kind of running at half speed because he doesn't know where everybody's going to be at. I mean, he was four for 16 tonight, but he did play some good defense. Um, So where do you kind of see Oladipo? I know we still have no idea whether he's even going to be on the team um, by the trade deadline. But so far, what's kind of been your overall impression of Oladipo in these uh, first few games as a Rock?
0: I've been pretty excited about Oladipo. And the last few games haven't, like – taken away from that. I agree with you for sure that he is definitely still trying to get his footing. And, uh, you know, even sometimes, I mean, there was one instance where he Was right on the line when it came to the three pointer and I felt like that's what he's sort of um, that sort of alludes to how he's been so far is that he he, it's just going to take a little bit of time before he gets used to things and it doesn't help when the rotation is changing so constantly even in the few games that he's been on the team so far so. I think that all things considered he's been playing well um, and it's good that he finally has a win under his belt because I don't think he actually, I don't think the Rockets have won since he started um, until yeah. tonight.
1: <laughs> yeah, true. This is the first game to actually have a win with old Depot in the lineup. Um, but yeah, like, like I said, I mean, to me, he's, you know, been exactly what they need. I mean, like, see, he did struggle with a shot tonight, but I mean, I think with time and getting a full roster back, um, him not having to handle the ball as much, especially when um, you get John Wall back, hopefully Tuesday, because Oladipo at the end of the day is not really a point guard. And him having to handle the ball and, you know, run the offense is, to me, it's kind of taken away from his, you know, overall offense um, from shooting or getting to the basket. So I think once he get a full roster back, I think his shooting will come back. But I think definitely don't want it um, – in this segment without mentioning the bench, which is probably the main reason they actually won this game. You had Sterling Brown had 14, Nwaba had 13, uh, Macklemore had 10 plus that step back on Griffin, who, I mean, as bad as Cousins looks sometimes, I think Griffin has uh, completely lost all his athleticism. It's kind of actually shocking to see it. Um, but the bench will play, you know, really well tonight um Mason Jones didn't get a lot of time tonight um I don't know maybe they're saving it for tomorrow because Oladipo may not play but uh he only had a few minutes but like I said Brown and Waba and McLemore had really good games and I, I think that's a really good sign going forward so well what's your thoughts on like on the how the bench played tonight
0: yeah I think it was a great um effort by them um I think one of the stats that uh that was mentioned during the game was that the Rockets actually won the bench battle for (laughs) once. Um, It was 37 to 32 versus the Pistons bench and the Pistons had one of the best bench scoring in the league. I think they were like top five, if not like top three. So when, you know, hearing that when, um, and having, you know, Brown and Mclemore and Nawaba, contribute in that way it's exciting and hopefully they'll be able to continue to contribute throughout the season as they're you know getting their um you know their feet back Um, especially Mclemore, he's had you know instances where he hasn't looked necessarily the greatest on the court the last few weeks um or at least since he came back from the spring ankle and maybe that's improving and that's why his foot or his um foot and handling is improving again is that, his, you know, the pain associated with having that twisted ankle is, you know, slowly going away. So I'm happy that we're at least continuing to see development from both the bench players and from the starters. Um, and hopefully, I mean, I, I almost want to knock on wood, but I have fake wood around me, but I, I hope that we can continue to see the development with as the roster fills out um hopefully we won't have to have another setback where someone else is unavailable for an extended period of time
1: yeah i mean exactly it's only i mean when you're only playing maybe eight or nine players or really eight because i mean martin and martin jr and jones only got three minutes apiece. when you only can play eight people it's kind of hard to set your rotation you kind of just have to play who's there so I just think overall Silas has done as about as good a job as you can do with the limited amount of players and practice time they've had. So, um, I think that uh, hopefully will play out a little bit different next week when they're, you know, possibly for the first time in a while, get back majority of their full roster, um, uh, minus, you know, Daniel house, which we'll talk about later, but, um, so that'll kind of wrap up segment one. And in segment two, we're going to be discussing the Kevin Porter Jr. trade uh, that just happened and how that can how that's going to impact, maybe not immediately, but in the future for the Rockets. Um, we're going to talk about that in segment two, so please stay tuned.
0: And we're back here at the Launchpad podcast, presented by Clutch the Control Room. If you're liking what you're listening to, please subscribe subscribe as well as give us a review on itunes spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast we would greatly appreciate it so in this segment we're going to talk about the newest addition to the houston rockets although who knows when he will step on the court kevin porter jr who was traded to the rockets uh, from the cleveland cavaliers after a unfortunate incident where he threw a plate of wings according to reports <laughs> um during a uh i think it was a locker room discussion or something like who throws like that. wings
1: like i know
0: wow. wasting food <laughs> But um, on a serious note, he has had a number of personal issues that have raised, which led for him, I think he was, wasn't he a lottery pick for the... um,
1: I think he actually may have fallen out of the lottery because he had issues at USC as well. Um, But uh, I'll verify that for sure. But yeah, he also had (laughs) issues at USC, which... He was, so, you know, was supposed to be actually one of the top five players, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Yeah, but I think either way, um, he's had a history of concerns, and now it looks as though as the Rockets bring in KPJ, um, Steven Silas during his pregame um a uh, press conference mentioned that he would likely not be on the court immediately, and it sounds as though they're going to put him on a plan similar to what Memphis, Memphis did when they traded for Josh Jackson, which coincidentally enough he did play tonight for the Pistons and yes. had a pretty, re- I mean, pretty good night. So it seems as though you know a similar plan to Josh Jackson, if um, KPJ is motivated to improve himself, will um, can play dividends because. For sure, um, I'm looking at Josh Jackson's stats. He played 31 minutes with 12 points, um, two assists two assist and three rebounds. And I feel as though um, KPJ has a similar, similar um, talent-wise, or maybe a little bit less, but definitely in the same vein as Josh Jackson if he gets a chance. So, Lushard, what are your thoughts about the addition of um, Porter Jr.?
1: So, as you mentioned, I mean, the main thing is hopefully... You know, with a change of scenery, he can get his life together because, I mean, you never know what somebody's dealing with and professional players. So people just like everybody else, um, they have problems, they have issues. And hopefully he, you know, gets his head, you know, screwed on straight first. I mean, that's the main thing. Um, but as far as on the court, I mean, it's say it's about as low risk as you can get. You give me a player that was projected to be like a top 15, top 10 player. Um, He actually did go number 30 and it was, it was because of uh, the concerns that, you know, teams have that, you know, some of the issues he had in college. So you're getting a, you know, a lottery talent for only a second round pick that may actually never become a second round pick because it's like top 55 protected or something crazy. Um, So uh, he's coming to a team that you have, you know, John Lucas who specializes in, you know, helping these type of, you know, athletes, you know, get their life straight. And, you know, he's still young and hopefully working with John Lucas and, you know, his foundation and the Rockets actually setting up a plan, not just throwing him on the court, hopefully um, that'll help him, you know, get his, you know, season back on track because he actually hasn't played since last March. And when he did play last year, he actually, as we saw, you know, his best game was actually against the Rockets. Um, where he had 30 points, so he definitely has some talent. But again, it's all about he has to get his off-court issues straight first before you know he can do anything on the court.
0: Yeah, and I think the other thing too is that a lot of times when stuff like this happens, it can be one of those scared straight moments where yes. they realize that hey, I could be I'm this close to being out of the league, and that could also contribute to him hopefully improving and being successful in whatever plan that the Rockets set up. Um, I think the other thing that's interesting too, is that I I think all of us are aware that Steven Silas used to be on the Grizzlies. And even though the um, you know, he hasn't been on that team for a couple of seasons, he probably still has contacts with them. So if Lucas and, um, if Lucas and Silas wanted to reach out to that team, I I think John Lucas is definitely going to be a good and, um, Uh, and a key to his development but they can definitely get additional you know sort of feedback and um, notes from the Memphis um, org since they were able to be so successful with Josh Jackson even though they moved on with him after one season
1: yes and uh, I mean another thing just is kind of interesting about um, Kevin Porter Jr he actually models his game after Harden I mean that's all the interviews I've went back and listened to him. That's like one of the main players he's always uh, emulated. And um, so that's kind of an interesting thing for him to be coming to the Rockets. But yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, um, they have to get the off course stuff fixed first, but again, you know, you only gave up a second round pick, which may not even be a second round pick. I mean, worst come to worst, they can always cut them, but I, I just don't think it's going to come to that because John Lucas has helped so many players in a similar situation, you know, you know, turn their life around and and get and get into a point where they can actually focus on the court, that I think it's probably honestly the best place for uh, Kevin Porter Jr. So, you know, only time will tell because it's probably going to be a while. I mean, we probably won't see him until maybe around the trade deadline because the Rockets have a log jam at shooting guard and small forward, so I don't even know how much time he would get anyway. Also, considering Daniel L. House hasn't even – I can't remember actually last time he played, um, that's a whole (laughs) different situation. Like nobody really knows what, I mean, they said it's because of, you know, you know, the COVID health and, you know, procedures falling with that. Um, but honestly, we really don't know what's going on with, with house. And I did hear that he's probably coming back sooner rather than later, but again, we don't know Um, what's kind of like your thoughts on the whole, you know, house situation and, um, does he still have a role on his team?
0: I think the only thing we do know is that he has a prolific rap career that he's <laughs> trying to start up. So is is um,
1: yes, something like that. Yes.
0: Other than that, <laughs> I hope he comes back sooner than later. I'm I'm assuming at this point that he did have COVID, and hopefully he didn't have any complications, which would last you know cause for him to be out longer than what a lot of folks expected. Yeah. But to be honest, it's really been what, two weeks, maybe three weeks, which um, they have to be clear after, you know, for 21 days. So around this time next week, if he's not, you know, at least close to getting back onto the court, um, that may be a cause for concern. Um, The other thing too, is that based on the number of folks who have had COVID for, you know, and have come back to the court, it's t- taken them a while to get back their conditioning. Of course, one of the things that is, um, you know, a very scary part of COVID is that it can affect your lungs significantly. And, yeah, you know, of course, if you're running around for significant periods of time, you're going to have to get your conditioning up to be at a certain um, you know, a professional level in the NBA. So I wouldn't be surprised if it takes, you know, almost a month or a month and a half for house to come back. But I think it would be good to hear when he is actually coming back and not just like, um, you know, speculation as to when he's coming back.
1: Yeah. Because I mean, um, that's the only thing we really do know is that they're still holding him out until he's cleared. So you know, I think he still can have a role on his team because um Silas may have been exaggerating a little bit when he said that he's missing his ball handling skills, but he is a player that um one thing has been underrated when he did play, he was playing really good defense um to start of the year. So that's definitely something that they uh miss with him not being on the court. But um at the end of the day, I guess we'll kind of Hopefully maybe get some type of clarification next week, as he's rounding into around, like you said, that three week mark where he hasn't yeah. been playing. So
0: and one quick thing. Um, yeah. I he would actually potentially decrease the minutes for um for cousins as well, because he does have some experience at the five, although not great, but yeah. he would at least be able to reduce some of the minutes that um, you know, hopefully um uh, cousins can be on and you know, PJ can maybe take over some of those five minutes which um he you know usually does during the games these days anyway so I, I think that's probably another positive about having house come back at least he can play maybe the four not so much the five but definitely the four um and reduce the minutes for cousins because we'll move everyone else up
1: yeah and I, like that definitely will help and that kind of leads him into my my next question um what did you think about christian I mean it was great that he wanted to still play. Um. after that like really severe ankle injury but what do you think do you think the rocket should have let him come back in and play after that ankle injury because you could tell he was hobbling um soon as he came back in the game and uh, I don't think it made it any worse but it's never a good thing when you're trying to play on like an injury like that
0: I think either way he was going to be out for extended period of time yeah. um I, can't, I mean, I'm not a doctor, so I can't really say if it was going to cause his injury to be worse. Like if he tripped again and hurt himself more, then yeah, it could potentially cause an even worse injury. But I think he probably knew he was going to be out for a, a significant period of time, or at least you know at least a week. So he probably didn't want to exit the game and then essentially be out for uh, you know a entire half plus whatever amount of other games that he would have to play. Um, And I think the other thing too is that um, one of the things we haven't talked about too much is that there have been a significant amount of postponements that have happened. So, and the NBA is going to have to make up those games somehow. So I have a feeling that even if it's not the best position for the Rockets to begin, but at the same time, I think they have some leeway in getting him rest. Um, So I wouldn't, you know, try to rush him back. Um, But at the same time, I feel like in the back end of the schedule, there may be, they may get a lot more rest time because the Rockets other than one game don't have a ton of games to make up. So that may be something that they are keeping in mind as they are, you know, bringing folks in and out of the lineup um, because of injuries.
1: Yeah, that's true. I mean, luckily, I mean, (laughs) who would have thought, you know, at the beginning of the year when the Rockets were, you know, the the first team to have a postponement that actually they've, you know, only had that one since then. Um, So, yeah, at the back end of the schedule where the NBA is going to have to, I don't know how they're going to be able to get all the games in. I don't think it's going to be possible. But the Rockets at least going to be one of the teams that, won't have as many games to make up and kind of speaking of injuries. Um, uh, Coach Salas mentioned that John Wall is going to be out this weekend, but he may actually be back for Tuesday. So what is kind of your expectations um, of seeing wall back in the lineup? Um, do you see that as a, of course it's a positive, but do you see that as a, a, a huge difference considering the Rockets really haven't had any um actual pure point guards and you can kind of tell where the offense kind of bogs down sometimes. Um, do you see that as a, like a, a huge difference and kind of something that will help kind of turn around the season?
0: Yeah. And first of all, it depends on if the wizards are actually healthy and have enough yes. players to play. Um, they've been one of the teams that I think at this point, maybe like have five or six postponements, which yeah, is quite at significant least. at this point. Um, so, you know, Let's hope that they're able to play and we don't have a second postponement of the season, but I think it's going to help a lot. Uh, Right now, the Rockets are basically playing a mixture of having cousins bring up the ball and essentially play point. And that has been um, a mixture of success and failure. Um, And then having, you know, basically uh, point guard by committee so having a actual point guard um on the team who can be the floor general will be very valuable So I think Wall will definitely, I think it may take some time similar to um, Oladipo, especially since um, Wall has been out for a couple of weeks now at this point for him to get back, you know, get his feet back and back into, you know, that basketball shape again. But I I think it's going to definitely be a positive compared to how they're playing um, the uh, point guard right now.
1: Yeah, I I mean, it definitely will help because when you're a team that, doesn't really have any, doesn't have a backup point guard at all. Um, you definitely need a John Wall to be in there. I'm sure it's, it's killing him not being in, on there, especially, actually, I don't think he's actually even played since Harden was traded. Um, so we really haven't seen how this team can gel together with an actual point guard on the court. And um, before we wrap up this segment, definitely want to mention um, Chris Clemens being cut Um they actually did that as part of the Kevin Porter Jr. trade um, to make room for Porter Jr. to come in. Since the Rockets are under the hard cap, they were able to do that. Um, so do you see, as we wrap up this segment, do you kind of see the Rockets making any other moves going forward, like possibly bringing in a backup point guard or bringing in a backup big man? or Because they're definitely lacking at you know, point guard and the center position.
0: To be honest, once house returns, as well as wood, I think our, I mean, we still need a, probably another big, or at least someone who can play the four or five, um, and can maybe do the, you know, the um, tuck wagon or whatever wagon um, formation yeah. during some stretches, but I think we really need a, uh, maybe not a true point guard, but someone who can have better handles than some of the folks that we have on the court like there were parts today where oh where eric gordon had (laughs) his number of moments of turning over the ball and just like i i don't want to complain about him because honestly he hasn't been playing too bad but he definitely catches my frustration meter really high at times so i i think that yeah I, i think that hopefully if the team is able to get a um another um you know get folks back in the rotation, or at least as many as possible, they can probably assess and see which is more significant if they need another big, or if they need a um, point guard or, you know, someone who can play one, two, um, and be consistent with it. But um, I, I don't think we can really see until everyone's back. Cause at this point, you know, people going coming in and out of the rotation, it makes it hard to actually see exactly what's needed.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, we'll kind of see that going forward. As we see, Rafael Stone is definitely not shy about making trades. So that'll definitely be something interesting going forward. Um, That's going to wrap up Segment 2. And in Segment 3, we're actually going to be discussing tomorrow's game against the Dallas Mavericks, Uh, kind of give our thoughts on that and also talk about our favorite – halftime and post game show inside the (laughs) NBA on TNT and some of the comments uh, they made last night and kind of some of the comments they've always made about current players. So we'll kind of discuss that uh, in the third segment. So please stick around. And welcome back. uh, As we wrap up today's podcast with the third and final segment, we'll be discussing Um, the Dallas Mavericks game tomorrow as the Rockets um, take on the Mavericks uh, for the first time this regular season and uh, we'll be wrapping up the show uh, just giving some brief thoughts on some of the controversy that's been going around with the comments from Shaq um, talking to Donovan Mitchell after the Utah Jazz win yesterday so but first we're going to start off with Uh, talking about tomorrow's game, which is the Rockets' first back-to-back. We really don't know. I haven't heard if Victor Oladipo is actually going to play tomorrow because the last time he played a back-to-back with the Pacers, he actually set out the second night. um, So we don't know if he's going to be playing or not. We do know that John Wall and Christian Wood will not be playing. um, So the Rockets, either way, will be shorthanded. So what's kind of your initial thoughts on that game tomorrow? Because – The Mavericks have been up and down all year, but of course, you know, they have Luca. and uh, anytime you have Luca, you have a chance to win. So what's, what's kind of your thoughts on tomorrow's game?
0: Yeah. So you mentioned in this or in the first segment that it looked as though um, Mason Jones didn't play too many minutes. And that may be um, because of Oladipo. I'm actually looking at Twitter live to see if they've mentioned if Oladipo is going to play play or not but I'm going to assume that if he does play he's going to play reduced minutes and they will have some of the folks that were didn't get too many minutes like um uh um KJ Martin as well as Mason Jones um play for a little bit more than three minutes um I guess at average together um yesterday or today um but I think that it's going to be a rough one. The Mavs, you know, during the one game, you know, one of the last games that um, James Harden was there, and it seems as though he may have been dogging it for various reasons, and we don't have to discuss those. Um, they, um, you know, they, there were times where they were blowing out the Rockets, and then the Rockets were able to get back into it. Um, it this would be the first time seeing the Mavs, um, stands James Harden, since we did have a you know relatively recent um, experience with them. And, of course, Luca And I think, um, isn't Porzingis back in the lineup, although yeah, because he's... of a back-to-back? Oh, go ahead.
1: No, yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, he actually just uh, came back this week. So I don't know if they're still having him like, on a minute restriction. But, yeah, he just came back this week. But I think Hardaway Jr. Has kind of been in and out. So not sure what their lineup is going to be tomorrow.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing is that both the Rockets and the Mavs will both be c- coming into game um, on the second night of the back-to-back, and they're both traveling tonight. So yes. even though – so, I mean, Dallas has a little bit less of a travel um, from um, – they'll be – they're in San Antonio right now, and yes. they'll be traveling to Dallas, and um, Detroit's a little bit farther away than um, to Dallas, oh, hey, but yes. it's actually not – it's not too far, relatively speaking. I mean, more than a few hours, but there's direct flights from you know, depending on where they fly in Detroit to yeah. um, Dallas area. So, I, I think with all of that being said, the Rockets won't be on a rest disadvantage. They'll just be in the same you know aspect, and they're and they're both traveling. And with all of the teams, um, are both teams having? injury concerns we don't know how the line are going to be um like you mentioned so it's going to be intriguing how the rockets handle it especially if luca has one of his nights where he has like a triple double or something you know silly like that so i i'm not optimistic but at the same time i feel as though it's probably not there's a potential that it can be super close and there's a potential where they can get blown out by 30 so we'll see
1: yeah, because, uh, I mean, the, the last time the Rockets played, of course, we know um, Tim Hardaway Jr. Always, for some reason, he's one of the Rockets' kill. He's like their J.J. Barea um, from back in the day. Um, mm-hmm. And if he doesn't play, then, of course, it'll probably be Jalen Brunson or Trey Burke or just some random person that, you know, rarely actually scores more than 10 points. will probably go off tomorrow. But, I mean, like you said, it's going to be kind of interesting because you really don't know what the Lions are going to be. And this is why this game was so important um, because you know that you're definitely going to be on a second night and you're going to be extremely shorthanded. So you at least want to split these games and then you can kind of go on the next week with potentially majority of your roster intact. And then you can kind of see where you are because I mean, right now I know a lot of people um, and something we haven't really mentioned a lot of Rockets Twitter wants the Rockets to tank. Um, but I'm just of the mindset. I just, I've lived through rebuilding and really bad Rockets teams. And you really don't want to sit through that through an entire season just for draft picks. Um, So I'm of the mindset of seeing how the full team comes back and then you kind of judge going from there. So I think all of these games, the Rockets are still going to try to be competitive. And I I personally don't see them tanking. Um, But I just wanted to kind of briefly get your thoughts on, under any circumstances or well, let's just say in a rocket circumstance, do you really think it's a good idea just to completely tank just so that you can possibly get a draft pick or high draft pick?
0: Yeah, so here's the thing, and um there's been a lot more clarity since the Harden trade has finalized as to what you know picks that the Rockets would get versus what picks they would not um essentially the Rockets if they have a top four um pick or you know after the lottery because it doesn't get decided until the lottery is done um so for folks are saying oh they just need to land in the bottom four of the you know the league this season no they could be you know they could have number two in the lottery and then fall into five or six and then they would lose one of their picks. But more or less what the thing is is that the Rockets get the third and fourth best picks from a mixture of OKC, uh, Miami, the Cavs, and Houston. <laughs> so yeah, the so- Cavs lose their pick all outright because I think that goes to... Um, either okc or to um miami um okc gets to pick the first two picks the best two picks of those so there is a potential that the rockets could get like um number five and number seven um, because of you know the lottery and whatever and they would lose both those picks and then they would have to get like something in the teens because of that um so the Um, OKC can get that unless the Rockets get a top four and then their pick is protected. But if they get number five, it's not protected. Um, And then the um, next, uh, there's like a pick there and then the Rockets get like the next two best picks. Um, and then the, Miami gets the worst of all of that jumble of a picks. Um, and of course I'm not explaining this too well, yes, but that's the thing is good. that it's too complicated yeah. to try to explain it. Why would you put yourself at risk of losing picks when starting next season, the 2022 draft, you have full possession of your picks and you can do what you want and not have to, to worry unless you make any you know drastic change or tra- trades or something like that of having to you know um, navigate through a complex web of you know picks to figure out what you're wanting or what you're going to ultimately land at. So I mean I think the Houston sh- or the Rockets should just try as much as they can. Um, there's definitely no uh, or at least in my opinion there's no need to tank um or at least not this season um and there's players on the team that probably don't want to tank um john wall Um, Christian Wood has um, explicitly said he doesn't want to tank. Cousins, I doubt he wants to tank. There's a lot of players who want to show their value. And when you tank, a lot of times, you know, when um, teams look at that, if, you know, they eventually want to move to another team, a lot of them are like, oh, are you just getting empty stats? Uh, And that's what happens when folks tank. And so it's not in, um, it's not, positive for the rockets to tank because the players don't want to now if they trade all the players that you know need to have good performances then yes they're probably going to tank but it seems as though that they're going to at least try for the foreseeable future um and plus tanking honestly really sucks because yes. I, i'm I, i'm slightly younger than you i think lashard but i was yeah. definitely around in the between the period between harden being um traded to the rockets and the end days of uh mcgrady and Yao, that like sort of dead zone period as well as even before that um the um or the Stevie Francis years yes. where they weren't exactly good at all, and that was awful. Like I couldn't even watch most of the games for a lot of the time. So I think people should not cheer for Tinking. That's all I'm gonna say.
1: Yeah, and I think that's a kind of a a big part of it is a, a lot of younger people that don't understand how bad it is because I remember the Rockets after. You know, Akeem left, and Barkley had retired, and Drexler retired. The Rockets were horrible. Then they got C. Francis. It got good for a little bit with Francis and Catino, and then they brought in Yao, and then after that, you know, Tracy. You know, decent times. You know, they never really got too far in the playoffs, but then the period of Kyle Lowry and the purgatory the Rockets were in where they were the ninth. Best team in the West every single year. Uh, I was nothing fun about that. So I mean, tanking is, yeah, I, I don't want to see tanking because draft picks, there's nothing guaranteed about draft picks. I mean, it's rare that you get a player that's a can't miss type of guy that's a LeBron James or uh Kevin Durant or somebody like that. So to me, tanking is just too much of a risk. You're better off going free agency and trade. So and like you said, I don't think players like John Wall fought for two years to get back on the court just so he can tank for an entire season. Um, and Christian Wood definitely not. He's not going out there playing on a almost broke ankle so that the team can tank for the rest of the year. So I just don't see that in the cards for the Rockets. I think they're just going to be competitive and who knows, maybe they can make the playoffs. Nobody really knows because this whole season is just weird. Um but uh, before we wrap it up, I just want to kind of get your thoughts briefly on the uh, the whole Shaquille O'Neal and not really just Shaquille O'Neal, just the whole um, retired players that seem to kind of, um, every chance they get, they seem to kind of rag on the current players. Uh, specifically last night Sha- Shaquille O'Neal um, made some comments about Donovan Mitchell. And um, like I said on Twitter, I never thought I'd be defending somebody from the Jazz, but um it was kind of to me it was kind of out of bounds that he said that you know donald mitchell would never take that next step even after he had one of his best games of the year he's been playing great all year and the jazz actually have won seven in a row what's kind of your thoughts on uh, you know older players specifically the inside the nba guys constantly you know ragging on the younger players and the players that are currently in the league
0: so i understand that some folks are saying well they're just trying to give motivation to the younger players and i think there's better ways of handling providing motivation um you know some folks are trying to say like oh um shack meant x y and z well if he doesn't have time to say x y and z because i know those yes. segments are relatively short then he should ask something or say a comment that can imply his entire statement like don't fill in the words that are that Shaquille O'Neal is trying to say because quite frankly you probably say don't talk for me um since he tends to do that quite quite a lot um as for older players and you know what they're doing at this point I've said for a while that the NBA's um, media partners have a lot of issues, and I think that causes a lot of the disdain that fans have because essentially we have a lot of casual folks who don't realize that a lot of times folks are joking, and then they use those as um, defense for their really awful opinions. So until that changes, we're just going to have the same thing, is that these uh, I don't. I think there are really good analysts. Um, I think Ke- Kenny, although he can be, you know, sort of um, towards the Shack thing when it comes to the rings, but he typically doesn't go further than a few jabs towards um, Charles, and then he actually states analysis. Um, Candace Parker, although she's in the WNBA and she's not retired e- either, but she definitely gives good contributions. Um, and you know, even Draymond Green. You know, I'm loath to give a compliment to Draymond. <laughs> (laughs) But when he is an analyst on Inside the NBA and on other um, shows, he is very intelligent and knowledgeable about the subject. So in short, I don't want to ask for people's jobs. I don't think that's worth it. But I I think that the NBA and their media partners need to give more thought about why they're allowing their you know, league commentators, um, especially on the, mo- watch, watch, the most watched show um, across all of the NBA properties to constantly rag on players when they're trying to do as much as they can when it comes to a team sport. Like you can only do so much as one fifth of a team. Um, you know, only certain players like Jordan and I guess LeBron overcome that. But even LeBron missed the uh, playoffs and Jordan missed the playoffs, if we want to be honest. So there's that.
1: Yeah. And, you know, you know, as wrapped wrap, just real quick. Yeah, I, I just find it amazing that you won't see that happen in the NFL where they're constantly ragging on their own players. And that kind of just drives down. The, the overall perception of the nba because a lot of times you look at um you know the nfl they're propping up their business and a lot of casual fans like you said they only get their their knowledge and they only get their opinions from watching inside the nba on other teams that they don't follow so if you're constantly saying oh this is horrible basketball this is horrible basketball then people are going to say, well, this basketball is horrible. It's garbage now. I wish the nineties were still around. And that's what you're going to constantly get. So I definitely think the NBA should talk with TNT because even though they are an entertainment show, they're still a partner of the NBA. And at the end of the day, if they're not promoting it, I'm not saying they have to be cheerleaders, but last night that was like completely unnecessary. I mean, if he wants to mentor Donovan Mitchell, there's a hundred different ways he could have did that without saying yeah. basically he's not good enough. And I just think that Shaq just kind of he him and Barkley don't really watch any of the games. So they just kind of go off their own, you know, comedy stick that they do every day. So yeah. I mean, it's just that's just the way they are. And Kenny just kind of he knows a lot more, but it's kind of like a you're in the class with other people that are always (laughs) joking around and being class clowns. And even though you're smart, you kind of try to be the class clown too. So I think that's kind of where Kenny goes into it. But at the end of the day, um, I can say at least the Rockets aren't the, (laughs) aren't the whipping boys of TNT anymore since the is not there. So that's, I guess, one positive thing. uh,
0: Yeah, except that we're the whipping, They're whipping boys of all of NBA Twitter because I'm getting like, <laughs> tweeted like, hey, um, they gave up a 20 point lead. I, OK, thank yeah. you for the information. So, I'm watching the game.
1: But but real quick, the best thing I've, I've done so far this year is mute Harden. And I <laughs> swear to God, my timeline is a hundred times better now. But you now that's a whole other story for another day. Uh, but again, <laughs> thank you, Brett, for joining me. Uh, you know, as usual, it's great uh, talking basketball with you. So definitely, thank you for joining me tonight. Yeah, thank you. And that's gonna do it for today's show. And as always, we appreciate everybody joining us and. Uh, So if you haven't already done so, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.
0: And if you appreciate the consistent digital and podcast breakdowns, analysis, speculation, and guest voices of our team, please consider clicking on the link in the description to check out one of our monthly Patreon subscription options.
1: As always, thanks so much for listening, and we look forward to having you back for our next episode of the Launchpad Podcast covering your Houston Rockets.